Welcome to Foot Guns, home to the only hype-free investment-based crypto podcast. Satoshi Nakamoto said it was going to happen. You know, I want half a million dollars of exposure to it. Ethereum. And, you know, everybody that's trading this was doing what I was doing today. A 51% attack where the chain split into three different chains. All of a sudden, I have Ethereum in my MetaMask account. And so anything from a regulatory standpoint that stifles DeFi is bad to me. Welcome everyone to the Foot Guns Podcast. This is Boomer, the global macro discretionary trader, joined by Hal, the crypto bond villain, quant guy. And this episode was recorded on September 25th, released on September 26th. So Hal, we've got some pretty interesting things we're doing with the FG News token, and which is only available to paid subscribers. And also, we are raffling something off. Tell me more about that. Yeah, uh, we created this really nice set of uh, NFTs. This uh, artist that we hired has been making them for us that are based on the foot guns theme. Um, and I, yeah, I have to say, I'm really impressed with the, the actual artwork that was created for them. And those were minted on OpenSea. If you go there and just search for foot guns, you'll find, um, I'm pretty sure we're the only collection that has anything to do with foots or guns. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I've never thought about is maybe people are tuning in for a fetish involving both foots and guns as opposed to crypto. But that's yeah, there is an issue. We get a lot of feet people and we can get a lot of gun people, but um, <laughs> it's really not what we're trying to do. We're, we're, we just got no. the, the term foot guns having to do with, you know, errors in, in code and crypto is all about code. And, um, you know, it's an often thing overlooked. People, people like to talk about how this project's going to go up because, you know, they're going to add, audio right you know they're, they're gonna add this and that but like no one ever talks about the fact that all this stuff had to be coded and could could literally break and and all of it could just go to zero basically right or or not necessarily go to zero but get get taken away or, or become unusable usable but yeah the right. foot guns token is is really an, a, an attempt to get people to to get their feet wet right to um to come in and try crypto without having to necessarily take the risk of like going long bitcoin or ethereum or something like that right like you you get to come in you get to read the newsletter you get to learn learn about crypto you get to you know see our opinions about where you could be buying into certain cryptos and you know how how um you know the politics and the the public have really started to you know talk about crypto a lot so it, it's become a really interesting topic so if you come in and sign up subscribe to the newsletter in the next, I mean, at this point, you know, the offer has been going on for over a month now. We're in the last five days. Um, we'll send you some foot guns news tokens and that will allow you to access the Polygon network, which is a side chain that's like a little bit cheaper and faster than Ethereum, though not nearly used as much. Um, and then you can actually, if you wanted to, you could you could take funds off of Polygon onto Ethereum, but that, that will cost you like 40 or $50 right now, right? Where on Polygon, you can move things around for, um, you know, uh, I think like one thousandth of a penny for one transaction. Yeah, from a non, a non, uh, you know, crypto maxi person, I think this is a great opportunity to learn. Uh, we're not like shilling our FG news token, although it has gone up in value. It's 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 a great way to learn about how coins are made. 
inflationary versus deflationary coins, what you can do with them, and a way to go explore the environment. And hey, if you make a little money in the process, great. But it's a lot less expensive than the kind of, you know, I don't know, what would you say the average person spends to sort of experiment on crypto? I don't know. It's a five to $10,000 uh, upfront fee to learn important lessons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there's there's huge upfront losses. Like, you know, I mean, I've lost so much money just trying to, like, move things around. And, you know, like, what one of the things that I learned, like, a long time ago, which was, like, okay, if I have... If I'm trying to use uh, a decentralized exchange, right, um, I should be consolidating all of my different trades into Ethereum and then swapping out Ethereum into a stablecoin, right, rather than doing five different swaps into stablecoins that, you you know, you, you end up paying like all kinds of outrageous fees if you don't do things in, a, in an efficient way. And so that's what... I mean, we're 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 starting off slow at Foot Guns because I realize there's a lot of people that are are new to crypto, so we want to like lay that foundation so that people can come in and find what they need if they're they're brand new. But we want to like you know we want to go on to that journey where you if you didn't understand what I just said that you know uh, six months from now, seven months from now, uh, you'll understand and you'll you know be telling people around you about it and excited about it and you know. Um, it's yeah there's just a lot going on it's moving really fast it's really exciting for anybody that that likes to learn yeah and i think uh, i would also point to the fact that you know paid subscribers have access to your excellent how to DeFi series which is the best one that i've ever seen in fact the whole reason you created it was you were disappointed by the how to DeFi's out there so let's talk a little bit about uh the price action on bitcoin ethereum and sort of how we've been trading it i was um a big a big shorter net shorter. I opened the week and Sunday with uh short, but five Bitcoins at around the $48,000 level. Um, and shorted, uh, S and P futures. Nasdaq. I could, sh I shorted anything I could find my hands on, on uh Sunday night, not just because of the Evergrande uh, Chinese stuff, but also because the rally looks overextended. Um, and, uh, but then we sort of put our heads together and, reversed after I covered on, on Bitcoin. So short five Bitcoins and then went long one Bitcoin. It's a little bit down, but, you know, around the $43,000 um, level. And so uh, do you think that this particular, there's been, you know, we've got Ethereum popped up to 4,000, Bitcoin popped up to 50,000 and sort of decided on one day that it really didn't want to be there. And, um, What's your what's what's your take on the current price of Ethereum and the current price of Bitcoin for traders out there? Yeah, I mean, I you know I didn't take any part in shorting anything just because I lack like the tools. All the all the ways that I could short um, Bitcoin through DeFi are just really expensive right now and require like multiple transactions. And so you you know you could really it could take you like. <laughs> 15 or 20 minutes to unwind the trade right um so and then you know you're you're trading on spot so there's no leverage so you know you're, you're looking at giving up like one two percent of your account on uh, both sides or however much money you want to put on on both sides um so you know you have to beat four percent on spot to short bitcoin and DeFi. it's really really not worth it uh unless there's just like a giant macro short you know um so i don't I don't necessarily see um, like a, a macro short right now on Bitcoin. I, I, I think we called it 
you know, um, when we called it. And if you missed it, you missed it. Um, I, I did have someone that subscribes to Foot Guns. I'm actually a little jealous because <laughs> someone that subscribes to Foot Guns had, uh, messaged me privately on Discord and, you know, was like, hey, you know, I've had this Ethereum for couple years now do you think this is a good time to to take off uh, risk and i was like hey if you're you know if you're feeling overexposed i think this is a great time you know we just you know this was this was like three or four days ago i was like we just put out this private podcast about you know how we are we're thinking there's going to be some a short-term pullback um and so that you know that person ended up selling their ethereum at like thirty two hundred dollars and then buying back in uh quite a bit at like twenty eight hundred and and they're feeling really happy right now um so, yeah, I I think right now we're at one, we're at that moment where the less you do is better. Um, everything's every you know unless you really want to get in this and and try and do some literal you know literal day trading or or you know week trading or something like that. Um, the the price action is kind of all over the place. My my favorite thing that I've been doing right now, which is which is what I wrote about in the for the private people in the newsletter. And, and just to, just to be clear, I had some people message me. I'm, I'm not calling for Bitcoin to go to $18,000 tomorrow or anything like that. I'm just saying that if you have, if you already are, are you know, you're already invested or you don't really care that much about crypto um, or whatever, but maybe you want to get your feet wet, like you could go on a nice exchange like FTX uh, US and you could put a, a buy order, a limit buy order at $18,500 and then just forget it exists, right? And and three years from now, if Bitcoin never goes there ever again, uh, then you can, you know, you just take that money back and go do something else with it, whatever. Um, I, I, you know, there's just this thing moves all over the place. If you look back at 2017, the volatility, uh, I mean, even it, even there was a run up in 2019 up to uh, to fourteen thousand dollars, which ended up crashing down to like seven or no, I know it ended up crashing down to three thousand because of COVID. Um, so I'm just saying anything could happen. Um, Bitcoin doesn't scream buy me right here, right? It, it's also not screaming short me. So I, I'm I'm feeling fairly neutral. I've had a lot of success in the last few days. Um, well, except for couple of trades that went went against me but um yeah i've just been picking up some altcoins that are are i want to talk about that so i I, basically i hold the same view you do uh in terms of uh this is not a a a big i i wanted to be short everything the fact i shorted five bitcoins wasn't like an ultra big conviction on this is the moment that bitcoin's going to seventeen thousand or anything like that it was just like it was it was a part of um yeah, it was, I, I saw it as a risk-off moment and way to get additional exposure. I did so, by the way, via CME Group, which charges seven dollars uh, commission, and um, which you know, to short five bitcoins, you need to have uh, a minimum of you know, these two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of margin or something. So uh, the margin is actually over the the value of the contract. Um, Anyway, so it it is it is really hard to short this stuff, which is one of the reasons why I don't I don't I don't quite get some of the, the price action that associated with both Bitcoin and Ethereum because it's it's like if if people are not taking the sh- it's trading like futures where you have a somebody who's always every time there's a futures contract one person is short one person is long and it's trading like that but it's not 
that. So why 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 is this happening? I don't really know, but I, I agree with you. Nothing says sell like screaming sell or nothing says screaming buy. What I really want to hear about now is so I've seen in various times the hashtag abolish ice, which I guess is the international or I don't know what it is, the customs and exchange, inter- international custom exchange. Um, that's some immigration customs enforcement, maybe. I don't know, whatever it is. Um, people want to abolish it and, and whatnot, but, but you've been successfully trading ice. You are not an ice abolisher. And so, um, walk me through what's been going on with ice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh, a lot of people want to get rid of ice cause they've been deporting, um, immigrants that have come to America that are just like, you know, working normal jobs and stuff. Uh, the ice that I'm talking about is not the international commodities exchange either, right? It's um, it's this thing. It's a token related to popsicle finance. I really, I, we're actually uh, trying to get someone from them to come on the podcast. We wrote an article about popsicle finance. I actually looked the other day. It's one of our least opened articles, and um, I wrote at the very bottom of the article, "This is a once in a lifetime buying opportunity," and you know, I, I don't, I haven't said that about pretty much anything. I mean, I, I haven't said that about anything in foot yeah, guns except yeah. for, for, yeah, sort of cut in here, but yeah, you've yeah. literally never said that about anything with the exception of maybe Luna. And so that is, that's sad. That's tragic that that was a, a low, a low red thing because we don't do things like say things like you know opportunity of a light that's not our brand like we're, we're very sort of you know here are the ranges and here's where you might want to be long and here's where you want to be short we we that's high conviction for you yeah yeah so i was and and again i'm trying to get someone from there to come on the podcast and just so you can see the the energy behind it but um i i think i'm even more right now than i was when i wrote that um the, you know, obviously the price going your way tends to make you feel that way. But the the guy that has created, uh, you know, Popsicle Finance has now launched another project on Avalanche, which is this Ethereum side chain that, that a lot of people are saying um, that it's the one like, you know, a, a lot of a lot of serious people in crypto are saying, you know, oh, Solana is great. Um, Phantom is great. Cardano is great, but Avalanche is really that like industrial quality. So we'll see. We'll see if that that ends up playing out. But the point is um, that you know the, the person that created Popsicle has also created this thing called Time, and he's created this thing called inter- uh, Magic Internet Money, and this thing called Spell, um, and he's just like formed some new partnership with another DeFi protocol. So he's really he's really just showed up on the DeFi scene as like one of those you know, juggernauts like, you know, and, and kind of came up out of nowhere. And, and that's, that's, you know, one of our, our thesis here at foot guns is, you know, sort of follow the nerds. Right. And like, he's, he's proving himself to, to kind of be King nerd. Um, so not, you know, not only did I suggest ice, but now I'm paying attention to his other projects and I put some small positions on and, and did pretty well. Someone, um, someone that subscribed to foot guns, uh, that hangs out in our discord, which, there's there's uh, a link to it on our Twitter, the Discord. We can put it in the uh, in this podcast as well. You guys should come on and just chat with us. Um, but yeah, someone someone linked to Spell the project, um, and it, it went up 
a hundred percent in like four days or something after they said that. And they were like, Hey, I think spell's going to be pretty big next month. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you come into the discord, like we'll, we'll actually like hash this stuff out and talk about it. And it's not just like, Oh, Hey, go buy this. Right. It's like, let's, you know, uh, some people, some people have opinions about why they think it's not going to do well. Some people have opinions, why it will do well, that sort of thing. So you can actually like form your own opinion and get, you know, some more information other than just like, go buy this thing. Right. Like I, I, and, and that was, that was the thing about the popsicle article that I tried to do is like, I tried to lay out the thesis of why popsicle was a, you know, ice, sorry, popsicle finance is the name of the website, popsicle.finance and ice is the, the token, um, that you can buy that, that is attached to the project and, 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 and kind of like, uh, sushi where if you, if you take your sushi and you you stake it or you know uh, essentially lock it up on on sushi's website you earn a percentage of sushi's fees that they earn from from uh, trades that are made on popsicle finance if you lock up your ice you earn the fees that uh, popsicle finance makes and and what you know their their main product that they're uh, basically relaunching because that was why I wrote the article that this was a big buying opportunity was their, their main product was hacked. Um, but it was audited by, it was audited by two separate reputable like DeFi audit. You know, the, these people have audited, um, you know, tens, if not hundreds of other DeFi um, protocols. So this was like, you know, thought to be thoroughly, you know, audited compared to other protocols and it got hacked. So, Again, this is all new. Anything can happen. Anything can get hacked. What I was able to understand was the people behind the project knew what they were doing and that the error was not an error that is likely to be repeated. And so that's why I was saying, okay, this is a, this is a huge buying opportunity because everybody that sold didn't understand why they were selling, right? And so, that, I mean, that's, a, that's, that's like what trading is about, right? Is finding... Finding uh, displaces in, in price, right, where where something is is not priced correctly, and then and then basically going in there and being part of that price correction. Uh, it's really good. I find this fascinating. You know, buy the hack uh, is not something you hear across any other part of finance, and it makes sense though. I mean, you've got sort of the analogous thing in the single name equity world would be you know short circuit short sellers circling something. And um, pointing out various vulnerabilities in the company's reporting, you know, whatever it is. And some people come in and take the other side of that trade. And the big ones you always hear, you never hear about the ones like you're talking about where people, quote unquote, buy the hack and you're stuck with these. You only hear about like Enron. You only hear about the bad stuff. Um, So how I got to ask you, uh, you know, so Bankless podcast, good good guys, I guess. Um, Yeah. They are they are definitely sort of the leading voice for normalizing DeFi. I think they are somewhat Ethereum maxis. But where where someone like a me, like a boomer, a tradfi guy, gets really sort of suspicious and kind of really is when they use terms like the metaverse, and so. What the hell is a metaverse, and why should I not be intimidated by that 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 phrasing? Yeah, I, I guess like as someone that's played video games my whole life, 
uh, when I hear the term metaverse, like I just think of like you know it's like video games for boomers, right? It's like I don't know. It's there's no no Gen Z person that I know of that's like excited about the metaverse. Like the only people that I hear talking about the metaverse are are like the boomer investment people that are like, yeah, you should buy um, Mana, which is Decentraland. You know, um, I don't know. Again, I'm 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 all about use case, right? Like I that's why I wrote the article about um, Axie Infinity a couple days ago. Um, which, you know, might be off-putting to people. Like, there's this, like, game about, like, cute little whatever creatures that you battle and whatnot. Um, the point is that, you know, they <laughs> there's a ton of money. There's, you know, billions of dollars that have flooded into it. And it's um, it's a new, like, type of gaming. But that 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 is what, when people say the metaverse, they're, like, lumping this huge huge like category of basically um your existence inside of like internet land right like you're I, you know i would say the metaverse should include social media right like it's basically like your second life like right have you heard of that game second life where you you can create an avatar and you like walk around and no the last uh, video game i played was 8-bit nintendo excited yeah so the reason (laughs) i mean the reason anyone's talking about the metaverse and why it's like you know a thing i think people are investing in right and not just like a, a niche thing for gamers is that um second life it, it you know was created and and you can go on and you basically create a character that like looks like you know a person or whatever and I think nowadays you can make it look like a cat or whatever um, but you can go on there and you can just like talk to other people but at some point they introduced um, a market where you know there was a way to to convert to fiat you know uh, dollars in some way. And people started paying like outrageous prices for like houses and and things like that inside of of the Second Life game. Um, there, you know, there there's there's another story. I'm sure no one I'm sure no one listening to to this has heard heard about this. There was this game called Eve Online um, where you could you could create like spaceships and you know the the thing was is right these spaceships you could actually sell in real life for money and at one point there was, you know, a lot of money, like, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars invested into these spaceships. And the, the creators of the game, like made some special monument or something like that um, to, to commemorate, you know, this, like whatever, this drama event that everyone was like really not happy about. And so they all got their spaceships together and went and destroyed this, like, this part of the game and basically just like ruined the game and took the entire game out and destroyed like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of people's money at the same time. That Uh, is both the saddest and the coolest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that for me is what the metaverse is when people like talk about it, like that would be, you know, it'd be this like, they like, I don't know. Ready player one is another example of like, just right. This, this idea of like, this, you know, I would say dystopian future where everyone's just sitting in their houses behind their computer screens and walking around inside of a, you know, a 3D space in, in, in a game rather than in real life. Okay, that, that makes sense to me. In other words, if you want one to one way to play, one way to play video games is to buy electronic art stock. And this is a sort of 
weird other way to get exposure to it that maybe yeah. if you have you know super specific knowledge around video games you might understand i thought for some reason i thought and, and again this is like i think it's important to check sometimes how these things get above the high water mark that they get into your 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 feed or through a podcast or through a tweet or something and you see it and you're just like i mean i thought metaverse was some argument for ethereum or something like that i i, I didn't i didn't even know it had anything to do with what you were talking about so. yeah yeah well i mean people throw around these they, you know i mean people made up these terms like less than six months ago right or whatever that's like, true that's um, true that's true but that's true I, well so i i mean let me just go a little bit to the gaming thing because i really am bullish on the crypto gaming thing and here's why there's there's been a new, you know, with mobile gaming, right? There was this new introduction of this idea of like pay to win, which means, you know, if I if I suck at this video game or whatever, but I really want to win, um, I can just pay money and then I'll unlock like the best, you know, whatever I need to to complete the goal, right? Which anybody that plays a lot of video games, like that, it's just the most boring thing, right? It's it's kind of like buying a movie and then just watching the last minute of it and being like, oh, okay, well, I guess that was the movie, you know, or buying a movie and then watching the trailer, right? <laughs> um, so what 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 was invented recently in the crypto world is this thing called um, play to earn, right? And I won't, I won't tell you exactly like how it's used inside of crypto right now, because, I, you know, that, that just goes into a rabbit hole. But let me just give you an example of like how the play to earn could be implemented in let's say there's this website called chess.com right and you have like magnus carlson the best chess player in the world goes on there frequently streams videos of him playing chess it's really taken off since the netflix series um came out the queen's gambit um so what 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 you could do there is you could Im implement this uh play to earn system where the people who are the lowest ranked players would essentially be paying a very, very small amount, you know, through this cryptocurrency or something to play chess with the with the idea in their heads that if they could if they could ever get better at the game and they reach some point where they're better than, you know, a certain number of players, then all of a sudden they start earning the cryptocurrency, right? Rather than having to pay for the cryptocurrency. And what that does is it, it, it kind of creates um a similar situation that's been going on with these like donation streams online where the best players now, you know, Magnus who's winning every single game he plays would be earning the cryptocurrency every single game he plays. And then, and then everybody, you know, if somebody had a 46% win rate, right. They would, they would end up paying 15 bucks or 20 bucks over a year or something. And then that money would go to the best players. So I, that, I just think that's a very, very interesting um payment system hell yeah and, it is yeah and he, I, hearing, hearing you explain it it's extremely exciting i mean one of the reasons i gave up on video games at the 8-bit you know original nintendo level was because to win like mike tyson's punch out you had to just absolutely do every little single thing right like you had there was just this one little left click that caused you to be able to hit mike tyson in such a way that you won the game and so I can I understand the trailer analogy if I can maybe to get a trailer, but there are times in these video games. And again, I've been sort of absent from video games for decades. But Zelda, for example, I mean, you had to like you, the original Zelda. You had to just hit 
this guy with this exact sort of thing and to get to this next level. And I would have definitely chilled out 10 bucks to, to be able to get to the next level um, back then. So that is, that is, that is very compelling. I guess my question is um, what, what exists around that? Um, the chess thing you example is really interesting and exciting and I think will be implemented. So how do you, how do you f- sort of, if chess.com isn't doing this right now, who is and how would you get exposure to this whole concept? What would be the token that you buy? Yeah, that that was the article I wrote a couple of days ago called uh, about about Axie Axie Infinity. It's like that the, the idea that crypto was doing really bad that day, but that you know I put out this article about how AXS that's the the token uh, symbol AXS. I think it's available on a lot of exchanges now. I, you know, I know for sure you can get it inside of of DeFi, but in, and on Binance and stuff like that. I don't, you know, I don't know if it's on Coinbase yet. I, I assume it would be soon. Um, but that, you know, that that's that's been the most popular game that showed up. Um, there's a there's a few that are starting to gain some traction. I haven't I haven't caught wind of anything. Um, yet that's gotten like a lot of money into it other than Axie Infinity AXS. Um, but I don't think that AXS Axie is, is um, like the winner take all crypto game. It, to me, it, it doesn't yet like, you know, they kind of like what, what you do is you go on there and you, you, you know, you get a creature or something and you fight other creatures and the better you do, you, you know, you get stronger, get items or whatever. I mean, it's 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 more fun than I don't know. Um, I, I can think of a lot of things that are more fun. So I, you know, so I, I don't think that's the killer crypto game. It does have a shitload of people using it, and it's generated two hundred and fifty million dollars, and it's for re- in revenue for the players that are using it. Um, so you know, that's pretty crazy. Uh, nothing like it that that exists out there yet. I, I do think that if something, uh, you know, for instance, like a chess.com uh, or another popular video game figures out a way to implement uh, this this system into their game, um, it, it could get huge. Yeah, that, and, and I could see too how, you know, something that, uh, uh, you know, Twitter's doing the Bitcoin tips and, all this other kind of stuff, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a specific token that's designed around that. But right, uh, and and the the one thing that I didn't um, cover is there's also NFTs in the game, right? So so your your characters and stuff that you get in the game, you unlock items and things like that are are NFTs. So you can take them outside of the game onto like OpenSea. So yeah, I mean, imagine if Twitter implemented a you know an NFT trading system or something like that where I, you know, all the gamers are able to start trading their items or something. Um, yeah, it, it could, it, the potential there is huge, right? It, it, but I think that's the problem with crypto is like people take that potential, uh, you know, in, in, and then they run off and are just like, oh, well, then I have to get exposure to AXS because I need exposure to crypto gaming, right? It's like, well, why don't you just wait for <laughs> for the thing to come around that, that, you know, seems like the big winner or something like that. Um, and then in the meantime, if you really, really need exposure, then, you know, put a put a small amount on. Yeah, it sounds like audio. We talked about audio. Audio is in one of the private podcasts. And, you know, I have some suspicions about that. I mean, the, the top performing 
song on that is still Skrillex, who I think I thought died like two decades ago. Uh, and it's got like 6,000 favorites and it's in its perma, it's infinitely inflationary, but we'll see. I mean, you made a great point, which is you never know. And, um, yeah, that, that see to me, crypto should not be where you put yellow bucks. It's a part of a shrewd investment strategy across asset classes. But if you really want to put yellow bucks down, then you put, you know, a couple hundred bucks in Audius or a couple hundred bucks in, in, you know, Axe Infinity or something like that. That's where actual yellow bucks go. If you're tra- if you're involved with crypto and your idea of yellow bucks is buying Ethereum, then I, I just think that's silly. Um, but that you know, that's that's somebody. I don't know. I've I've gotten much more comfortable with the ecosystem. So if I could just rant, rant yeah, for well, a second well, about some- just before you do that, hold your thought. I mean, one one thing I didn't mention though is like the the difference between Axie and every single other crypto, right? is that you could just go play the game. Like, you don't have to buy the token. Uh, I think you do. I think you might actually need to own, like, one of the token or something like that to play the game. I'm not quite sure. Um, but literally, if you if you just want to go play the game and then you find the game fun, like, that's that's the way you can invest in it, right? Because apparently, like, people are making money by playing the game. So, all right. Yeah, back to you. Yeah, no. Uh, I just did rant on personal disappointment. I think a big loss for crypto is that, you know, our, I'm not, a, in fact, a member of Gen X and our, you know, so people who came of age um, and really sort of got substantial earnings to the point where we could be individual investors, didn't want to put it with a private wealth management person. So our Robin Hood was an in interactive brokers and they, they said they're coming out with crypto this summer and really kind of teased that they were going to do a full crypto offering. The summer ended this post Labor Day and they introduced crypto. And it's not crypto through an extra brokers, it's through some other custodial intermediary named Paxos. And they're only offering Ethereum and Bitcoin and maybe Litecoin. And it's just a giant disappointment to those of us who wanted to, you know, very comfortable with interactive brokers. We've had de- you know, a decade of experience with it. It's extremely low cost. I mean, even here, it's, if you're just going to trade Bitcoin or Ethereum, the, the prices compared to Coinbase are amazing. I mean, it's a one dollar per thousand um, dollar trade in Ethereum compared to, you know, what you're really paying on Robinhood, which is free but really costs you like twenty bucks. Um, Coinbase is just crazy, right? Um, so it is still cheaper, but it's just like, why, why did you even do this? And here's the craziest thing. I'm not approved to trade it. I've, I've applied for approval to trade it, but you know what I am applied to uh, approve to trade is I can go buy the futures on CME via interactive brokers and I can buy five Bitcoins at once. So you multiply that. Um, and the price of Bitcoin, you're talking to $220,000 trade, or I could buy 50 Ethereum. So 50 times roughly 3,000. So I can go trade that all day long, but I'm not approved to trade $1,000 of Ethereum. And I have no idea why. And when you look at the volume on, I've got the thing called up on my watches on Narrative Brokers, the volume is not almost nothing because I don't think they've approved anyone. Is that I'm not sure that they really believe in this product, but it to me it was just the biggest missed opportunity you could ever think of because it it would enable you know some of us who are or you know let's call it sort of 38 through 50 to 
get into things like sushi in a way we felt comfortable with and not have to deal with Coinbase fees and all that other kind of stuff. And we're waiting on FTX and all that, but um, it just, what a fail and what a failure to deliver and what a, what a failure for generalized adoption and crypto and, it's just stupid, and I'm I'm really disappointed. But I don't think there's a whole lot more to say on that. But I think it could have been a great moment for crypto, where people my age and people who are earning certain certain you know dollar, I mean, interactive brokers requires what twenty thousand dollar minimum, something like that. So people who are earning more than you know that when you just have a Robinhood account, and so for them to just offer this is just what a huge, absolute missed opportunity. Switching gears back to you, I just wanted to check in and see what what's going on with uh, Badger. I know you're involved in the um, you're sort of in a management position with 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 Badger and are on a board or or, or governance. You're involved in the governance of a decentralized um, a DAO, a, a decentralized autonomous organization. How is that going? And um, I imagine that being on the board, you have to keep some stuff confidential. I'm just more interested, I guess in the personal experience of it and is it something that you would recommend to others to get involved in not necessarily badger but within other DAOs? oh yeah i think it's the most fun i've had in a long time i mean the you know imagine if imagine if you're just like walking i don't know down some whatever whatever the, the nearest large city to you is the busiest street and you just go into like some office building to the 15th floor and just walk into a meeting with 30 people right and sit down and just be like you know hey i got a i got something to say right um it can it can get wild right it can it cannot work at times it can work really well at times um it, but yeah i mean it, it the the best part is there's nobody kicks you out of the meeting right they might they might mute you or something, right? If you're just being obnoxious. But um, if you have, if you Who actually has the want the power to, to mute. Uh, well, yeah, that's a good question. I, uh, at this point, a lot of people, and it really depends on the community, right? Not every, not every DAO is is built the same, right? And actually, that's part of why um, I've become a part of Badger. Is uh, you know, Badger's really going after that question of what exactly does decentralized and autonomous mean, right? And, and organization, right? Because, um, I mean, de you know, decentralized finance is expanding so quickly in every direction. Um, so which direction do you take? Um, and then, you know, there, you know, there is no like strict definition of like what decentralized means, right? Uh, one example would be, you know, if, if everybody that was in charge of the DAO all was within the same jurisdiction, right? Like that's not very decentralized because you run the same regulatory risk, right? Where if you were to decentralize something so that, you know, you had someone in the United States and Germany and Japan and Africa, Russia, whatever, um, then, you know, you've, you've decentralized the regulatory risk, right? Um, so then how do you actually do that? as you know users funds there's there's um you know i think at last time i looked there was like 750 million dollars locked in the badger protocol right so um how do you protect you know how do you protect those funds while uh advancing the protocol and you know protect the funds from yourself from other people from governments from 
um, hackers, you know, um, it's, it's a huge challenge. It's, it's really fun to be a part of. Um, it's awesome to see it be successful, you know? What, what if somebody's listening to this and says, you know, gee, I'd love to be on the governance council of a uh, decentralized uh, project. What was the first step that you took to, to put you on that path? Oh, I, I mean, the fir- you know, it, in for for most crypto projects um, that are DAOs, right? Um, are they're going to have some way like a forum? A lot of people use Telegram and Discord. Uh, in Badger's case, they use Discord. So for me personally, I joined their Discord, and I mean, I spent you know, uh, you know, the project re- only only um, started taking off like you know, I, I think it launched last December started taking off in January um, and you know so I, I was in there like in their discord from the beginning and just talking to people about about the project raising concerns that I had um, you know talking to people about other things in crypto about you know Bitcoin and and just really getting to know everybody in there and then um, you know eventually like once I learned enough, I started expressing pretty strong opinions about uh, certain things they were doing and certain directions I thought that, you know, they should be taking and things like that. And, um, you know, eventually, you know, some people were just like, oh, cool. If you if you want to tell us what to do, why don't you actually start taking on some of that work yourself? And, you know, I, I, I haven't done a whole lot um other than write a couple of documents for them and then um, do a bunch of research on, uh, I mean, I've done a ton of research on uh, different things that, you know, that, that they're proposing and things like that. And then expressing my opinion about, about those proposals. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that ends up being like quite a lot of work to, to form an opinion about what other people are working on and, and be critical on their work and stuff like that. Um, you know, that, they don't want to hear people just like telling them that, that they don't like what they're doing or whatever. They, they want to hear people being, uh, you know, actually giving them some things that could, they could actually work on. And then not just that, then like, okay, now you be a part of like, how do we actually get that work done? Like you got a lot of, it sounds like you got a lot, of, you have to log a lot of miles um, and discords uh, and figure out which, uh, DAO you want to be a part of in order to do something like that and really do your research and focus on a whole lot of interactions. And um, anyway, wish everybody a very happy Sunday. This has been Foot Guns um, for recorded on September 25th, 2021 and for release tomorrow on Sunday, 9, 26, 2021. Thank you for your time, Hal. Thank you everyone for listening. Please go subscribe uh, through our newsletter that's foot.substack.com and we'll be back later in the week and we'll do this all over again.